You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, sponsored by Broken Egg Games. intern if it's not involving getting you coffee i don't know how to do it brett you're a computer technology person how dare you yeah all right that's accurate i'm just a woman so there's that you said it not us <laughs> i love this podcast so much um gosh so are dang you it. handling the recording then yeah Jeez. i've got it yay where uh i'm converting you three know. hermits tonight and I can't nice. find the bodies for one of them. <laughs> oh, the, the, isn't the bid ending in like three, two days? Yeah, well, everybody just saw that I was making them and bid on them and just assumed it would be fine. God damn it, I almost made more money than you. I was doing so well for like the first week. Did you? Yeah, picture sell it. <laughs> I, uh... I crap, still where, did, where did Mozart go? Um, I want to go to Warfare Weekend more than I want the Supreme Guardian. No, for sure, but I mean, like, I can't believe you managed to move it. I can. Oh, it actually sold? That's awesome. Yes, yeah. it did. I and know, units, right? And I got a submission out of it, too. <laughs> well, normally you turn down commissions, so I'm glad to hear that you're uh, willing to take one. Yeah, I don't know. Incredible. I mean, to be fair, I don't know how many people out there can actually do the freehanding work that I did on them. Yeah. So... Yeah, and yeah. this guy's been looking for them f- for for freehanding artists for a while, apparently. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. yeah, I don't appreciate you getting me into that, by the way, because that's freaking addictive. It is fun, isn't it? <laughs> it People really are like, is. "You're crazy," and I'm like, "No, you don't understand. This is way more fun than regular painting." Yeah, it really is. It's like drawing, but with paint. Yeah, and you get like everyone fucking loves it. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't matter if it doesn't match your army. It's just really cool. It Where kind of did Mozar's body go? <laughs> that's funny. That's the only piece of Mozar I have left. <laughs> I can find, I find a stupid staff. I snapped off the staff earlier today in preparation for tonight. I can't you find the stupid going, body. And you can't find Mozar. Does <laughs> anybody else find that really ironic? It's appropriate, actually. It is appropriate. <laughs> Are you Let's recording? You should be recording. <laughs> this is recording, yes. Good. Nobody said um, go, this, so we're we'll back. for posterity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to point out that um, but like before we start the podcast, I'll talk about this. There again. it is. Aha, I found it. But um, I'm looking to learn here. I am not a good painter. My, my uh, ego is not going to be bruised if you point out things that I did wrong or that I like didn't bother to fix. Holy uh, crap, there's a lot of pictures of this Google Doc. Yeah, uh, it's it's because I literally didn't see them. <laughs> I have zero artistic training, so please don't feel bad saying anything to me. Um, you probably can't go too far, but I will let you know if you do. See, I find that funny because I am of a mindset. So I'm actually an illustrator. That's what I went to school for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am completely convinced that there is no such thing as a bad artist. There is merely an uninformed artist because if you can sign your name twice, 
and it looks remotely the same, you have the hand-eye coordination to do art. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, I, I just don't truly know. informed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just I don't know what is good and what is bad. Yeah. Like I can't look at what I've done, like what I put you know hundred hours into, and say mm-hmm. this is what I did well. Right. And that is totally well. fixable. Yeah, and that's why that's like we we already spent an hour like going through basic color theory trying to pound it into my stupid engineering head. <laughs> color theory is fun. <laughs> color theory is fun if you're not an engineer. <laughs> like no, there have to be rules. Like eh, anything could work. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Saber hasn't depends. actually listened to that episode. So. I haven't. I know I'm terrible. <laughs> I think it's well. So first thing is to recap the previous painting episode. So. That's going to be go. kind of on you guys, because my brain is fried. That's or funny. I guess that's going to be on Brett, because Saber hasn't heard it. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't do that, literally by definition. <laughs> yeah. I'm also going to be sculpting the entire time. That's okay. I'm slapping paint on Blood Weavers, and I'm doing so in the most hodgepodge, uh, probably offensive manner to any artist anywhere, because I hate these models so much. They are much. pretty crap. They like, are pretty crap. Brett said Grail the worst and you're just Great. wrong it's god blood weavers are worse than grail i don't think that's yes true. i, I, I just painted grail and really? he was not that bad wow yeah what, what's your question brett are you gonna be able to follow through in the pictures or are you just gonna kind of guess uh all right fine <laughs> <sighs> like i have all these visual aids i will click on them as they become relevant <laughs> say can we just like take a moment to congratulate brett on doing an outline himself that's actually impressive good for you <laughs> that's true yeah, I, I needed it if i wanted to actually write something so that, this is that's also time. true yeah this is his first actual article for line of sight he's written more articles for other people than he's written for us nice. <laughs> sounds right nice. <laughs> no you have you've written like five for ghost dice Oh, I love Ghost Dice, though. What? I mean... <laughs> What's wrong with us? Um, you don't live in my local meta and give me War Machine games. Although, I, 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 am, setting I, up thing, I am setting up Vassal games with you, so... I was going to say, he plays Vassal games with you. What? <laughs> Not That's that true. often anymore. I've been playing a lot of Judgment. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, I stuck some Malifaux pictures in here. <laughs> I'm looking at these models going, I don't know what that is. What? Yeah. What is that? The, you know what the best part is? The, that army is also led by the Dreamer. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's great. So, uh, what is the recap? What did you guys already go over? Uh, I mean, we could just find this. Is this on the line of... No, of course, it's not on the line of sight info sheet. Why would this be on the line of sight info sheet, Brett? I even have access <sighs> I know you do. <laughs> um well i'm, I'm a pillar go i hold no responsibility for this i'm gonna go look at the show notes from that episode because we have some do you know what episode it was no i'm just reading uh, uh no, 80. 80. oh yeah yeah okay uh basics how to pick consistent color scheme when to defy it color theory what color primer to use specialty paints how to make consistent shades across multiple models, how many shades to use, how to make leaders, casters more recognizable, what model attributes to draw attention to. Man, Brett, we talked about a lot of things. I was going to say, awesome geez, episode. guys. Basing, <laughs> how to match it to your color scheme, basing material, what to do with it, base coat, highlights, dry brushing, ink, and glow metallics. Yeah, we talked about a lot of things, huh? Did you actually get through all of those show notes, though? Because that's We got thing. through, like, most of them. I don't think we touched on metallics. No, we didn't. But I... 
literally everything we talked in here about in here I used, so I know we talked about it on the episode. Nice. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. No, that also, was a really, really good episode. Yeah. Um, I, I forgot I something really important, so I put it on the outline in all caps. Uh, I don't even know. Uh, okay. Zenithal highlighting. <laughs> sure. Jesus, fuck, that thing is magic. Yeah. Okay. I mean, all, to be all fair, you would have had to I do probably is read know what it is. Article. But yeah, not I by did my also. name. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh, it's when you prime black and then you prime white from multiple angles, including the high light source that you want. Okay. See, so yeah, I know exactly what that is. I just don't know it by name. See, that's the thing is I know how to do a lot of these techniques, but then they all have, like, if you say chiaroscuro shading to me, I'm like, what? And then they're like, you know, the cross hatching. Like, oh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> For real. Also, Brett, um, I'm looking at your hermit models again. You did way more work than you needed to do. <laughs> I, well, I, so yeah, all right, I did. <laughs> I've completely sculpted almost two beards in the time we've been talking, and I've used one tool to do it. Well, I <laughs> I sculpted part of the beard, and then I had like little hair pieces floating around that I used that were that worked for beards. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you guys are killing me. <laughs> See, some of these models are great, actually. Looking through these images right here, you need to... Like, are these images going up on your article? Because yeah. they should. Good. Because these are goot. Yeah, some of them turned out really nice. I'm, I, I had a lot of fun with the OSL, so I think those turned out really well. So You talk a lot of smack about, you know, oh, everybody wants Jaden to paint, to paint the Patreon <laughs> models. Though. But honestly, these are really good. All right, well, nobody, here, nobody I'm saying... Everybody, get Brett to paint your models. He's actually really good. Wait, is this actually part of the podcast? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> Better be. All right. Okay, that's where we started. Is <laughs> well, no, we started with the recap. Did we say anything stupid in between then and now? Yeah. Between then and now. Wait, hold on. What? What? What's the differentiation between stupid and not stupid, guys? Because this is up for Welcome. interpretation. <laughs> Welcome to Pillars of Paint. <laughs> right. We're back. <laughs> Sort of. Sort of. Back sort of. You know you missed us. <laughs> we are the most fun. It's okay. Uh, so, okay, so I, I have the perfect solution to all of our podcasting woes. Once a month, we're just going to do a Pillars of Paint episode. There. Uh, that's it. Nailed it. I mean, if I'm as excited about painting as I was about this Grimkin, sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And then uh, we don't even have to talk about like specifically painting War Machine models. This is great. I love this idea. But, uh... <laughs> You fixed uh, we, it, Jaden. Don't give away a dirty secret already. Damn. <laughs> um, nice. So, can't tell from the name. Uh, we're doing a follow-up to the the painting podcast from what, like, five months ago? Oh, uh, not that long. Is it that long ago? I don't think so it's that long ago. And there was an outline for episode 96. So, if we do it once a week, that's four months. We've definitely missed a bunch. Hold on, I'm going to go look and see when that yeah. was posted. <laughs> um, so... If anyone doesn't remember 16 episodes ago, um, Jaden and I sat down. He tried to pound some uh, basic artistic theory into my engineering brain. Uh, I had lots of questions, and um, I wanted to use that information to improve my Grimkin painting um, and make a cool-looking army that I could be proud of. Um, so going through the recap, um, I actually used almost every part of this. Um, I don't think I used when to defy um, your your color scheme because I literally can't parse that through my head. I hate um, that. 
I'm not one to do that either, so... <laughs> oh, that's one of the most fun parts, guys. I'm about consistency and symmetry, so I am not the person to talk to about that. So, the reason I, I'm like this is because when I was starting to paint, I was, um, I was like, 19, and so I would show my dad everything, because he'd way more into nerd stuff than I was. And um, he'd be like, why is this unit all looking exactly the same? Shouldn't they all be, like, dirty in different ways? Shouldn't they have differently beat-up weapons? Why don't they have different colors of skin? And it's just been sort of beaten into me that if they all look the same, I'm doing something wrong. Uh, wow. And Jaden suddenly made way more sense. <laughs> I was raised by two teachers. What can I say? Touche. Well, there's nothing wrong with either artist objectives. So if you like symmetry, go with symmetry. If you like being no, whatever it is when you, yeah, anarchic, <laughs> you can do that too. <laughs> I, I prefer the term realistic, actually. Okay. Man, Ooh. I play a fantasy game to get away from realism. I Did I no say response. that out loud? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Brett and I are both quietly sitting here going, ouch, that's a little too close to home. Yeah. <laughs> Subtext text. <laughs> this, this just didn't. Nerds have problems. What? Anyway, what? continue with the recap, Brett. <laughs> so, um, a, a lot of... So, you should go back to that episode. Um, looking back, we think it was actually a really good episode. Um, it's episode 80, for those of you that uh, don't know exactly what we're talking about. Um... And I learned the I learned a lot of important things. I think I'm going to cover most of them. Um, the 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 most important things were the color theory and like um, how to use colors uh, like warm and warm and cool and bright and dark and contrast in order to draw attention and where to do so, um, where mm -hmm. to choose to do so. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I realize now that every model I've ever painted has had a huge problem where the bases are far brighter than literally anything else in the model. Yeah, it's been one of the most difficult things for me when I was borrowing your models in the past. I was like, ah. Uh. <laughs> well, see, and that's that's the thing I was trying to explain. Like, I have I have zero artistic training, and so like I just don't see those things, um, and so I don't I, like I didn't know that was a problem. Well, I mean, um, from a gameplay perspective, it's great because you can always like go, oh, that's exactly where my front arc is. But like yeah, from a right. this is how I want this model to look perspective, it's like this is really bad. Yeah, I, I never thought so. through like how attention was drawn or how like i'm like it's the, it's the basing it has nothing to do with the art they'll just mm -hmm. ignore it <laughs> it's like no no it overwrites your attention um you can't yeah. ignore it when it's neon green <laughs> well and so i've been doing like orange uh, it's been like, orange yeah it's been wow. orange by far and, and like uh like burnished gold for the leaders <laughs> yep. oh no oh no <laughs> I borrowed some of his minions a couple Warfare weekends ago, and I was just like, what the heck have you done to these, Brett? <laughs> but they were painted, and I didn't have to paint them, so I didn't say anything. Yep. That's true. It's better than the sea of plastic. <laughs> well, especially when they're required. Um, yeah, mostly that. <laughs> that's true. Uh -huh. I don't play events where stuff is required paint, so... <laughs> Noob problems. Nailed it. <laughs> I, don't, um, and... I don't have those pro problems. And so I've provided a ton of visual aids. Um, so I've got lots of pictures of my army, um, and I've got some specific ones that match kind of the things we're talking about as we follow through. Um, the <laughs> the first one is just for fun. Uh, I just I took I went through um, the models that I have, still have in my house and just put them together and kind of showed the timeline 
of how I've how I've learned painting. I love that you can see like when I learned about dry brushing, when I learned about inking, <laughs> um, the various games that I've played. Is that know. the retrospective ones? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just Dude, think inking was... is like liquid skill. <laughs> I agree. Seriously. Yeah. And the yeah. second you learn how to wash, it's like suddenly people go, wow, you're really good at this. And you're like, yep, pops collar. Can I, can I say something kind of dumb? Yeah. I never learned how to use washes. I don't know I... how to use them. They're so good. They're like, so I don't good. think I've ever used one ever. It's like, it's like, okay, so there's like a four step process of uh, like doing dark and then highlighting and then glazing. Um, if you want to, if you want to do that without, you know, any of that effort, you just do an ink. Yep. I'm so proud that Brett just used all of those words in like a context to, that works. I know, and I know how to do that. Well, I know how to do them. Um, Brett from a year ago would be so confused. Uh, like, no, you just you just ink it. Like you don't even need to highlight it afterwards. It, it basically does a a half a half job of dark lining for you. Yeah, that's and true. It, great it's great granted it's not as efficient and it's not as clean as actual dark lining is but you don't want to dark line a 10-man unit you just like get a bucket of dirty water and dunk them and you're done I... <laughs> all right okay that's the true thing before oh well so the thing i wanted to say was uh, i always tell people or people always feel guilty for like using dry brush or highlighting i'm like no 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 um my understanding is that Good artists borrow, great artists cheat. Uh, cheat. So mm-hmm. <laughs> use the techniques that, like, it, it. the only difference between a great artist and someone who's just starting to paint is that they don't know all the tricks that make it easier. Literally so, that. Exactly that, that, that. It, yeah. So, I, um, you know. Hold on. Should we do news at some point? <laughs> no. We've, okay. we've been gone for like a month. There's way too much. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, it's been a hot minute, man. <laughs> okay, cool. Never mind. Ignore me. Is <laughs> that good? Okay, like one last intro thing, and that's uh, kind of talking about my goals with this painting thing. Um, and so that was basically to steal Jaden's knowledge and try and like I. I so I actually with the Oblivion uh, turnover and the fact that I couldn't really practice until the themes were fully out. Uh, I'm like, oh, I got a month or two of downtime, and so I decided to use that for painting, and I wanted to use it to make my Grimkin look, you know, you know, take my painting up a step. And so the reason I'm doing this follow-up is, A, to share what I've learned and see, like, um, if I can transfer any of that to anyone else, and B, so that I can get feedback on what I did wrong, what I didn't understand, and what I can go back and make even better next time. So that's that's why we're doing this again. Nice. Yep. So just, just going through um, kind of the things that, uh, I I remembered learning and like see if I could have good examples of what they were doing. Uh, so the first thing was Zenithal highlighting. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> like I I fucking love Zenithal highlighting. It's <laughs> like, straight cheating. It's, it's just it's so straight cheating. <laughs> it's like it gives you this supernatural like shading from top to bottom, and it takes like thirty seconds per model. Let's uh, let's real quick for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, which I'm right. sure as many of you, zenithal priming is when you take your model and you prime it black, and then you can do this in a bunch of ways. But the simplest way is to do like a light dusting of white over that from the top a couple of times to build up a layer of highlights that transition like an airbrush would do it. 
Yeah, a spray can can do it, but it's very, very hard to get subtle shadows if you do it with a spray can like you do. Like if you have a spray black primer and you do a spray white primer on top of that, you're going to get very, very harsh contrast and not so many subtle grayscales in well, there. It's much better if you do an airbrush. Well, you can use a rattle can, but you have to get a can of gray rattle can, and that works just fine. True. Yeah. So. Um. Fortunately for me, I wanted those like super harsh highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the color scheme that I wanted to go for, so it worked. It worked super well for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been I've been using it on everything since then, um, because I think combining with glazing is just a really strong strategy. Right. <laughs> that's uh, almost exclusively what a few of the painters that I know do. Yep. Um, we'll get the. It's also the best way to speed paint is to just zenithal and then. Uh, ink and then glaze or glaze then ink depending on your preference and how dirty you want the model to look but you can get like a whole model done in 15 minutes 20 yeah. minutes i mean which is sketch style is really fast and it's yeah, just a slightly more complicated version of that so so sketch style is my understanding is just that but plus a round of highlighting yes uh it's mostly a round of shading first actually okay. what's the difference between shading and highlighting down instead of up yeah, so you take the blacks and you go super black. Because okay. black primer, you can get a lot darker than black primer without doing a whole lot of work. And so, yeah, you do like way darker in the darks, and then you bring the lights up. And it takes, like I don't know, 10 minutes per model, 5 minutes per model if you're fast, and then you glaze over that, and it goes pretty quick. Yep. So, de- so uh, I definitely read uh, Jaden's sketch style article after we did the episode, and that's exactly the strategy that I applied. Although I did try and get away with it with... Uh, not doing the shading and highlighting, and Jay <laughs> totally called me on it. <laughs> I did. I was like, huh, this would have been better if it was like more contrast. And he was like, dang it. <laughs> I think I did it for like the first couple. Like, this takes way too long. <laughs> it does for the first little while. It takes a while to get used to it. But once you've gotten it, it's like, it is very, very quick. It is one of those things that you kind of turn into a muscle memory thing. You get more confident at like hitting edges and stuff. Like, for example, lines between skin and clothing. You know, if you have a harsh line between skin and clothing, you get comfortable pretty quick going there and not worrying about hitting one or the other when you're doing stuff like that. And the style is far more forgiving when you do mix up a little bit. Yeah, it, I found that it was really easy to correct, which is yes. why so long. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. So... Also, um, yeah. the materials that you put on there are typically a lot thinner, as in not as heavy as if you paint it by hand, paint it manually. So should it absolutely get completely foobard, you can just straight prime it again and go again, and you won't lose a lot of detail, as compared to if you were to do that on a hand-painted, you know, just straight paint out of the can kind of thing. Mm-hmm, or yeah. pa- paint out of the pot, excuse me, kind yeah. of thing. So Yeah, I, I think the, one of the things that... Uh, I really benefited from was that I heavily watered or uh, glazing medium to everything, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that painters always tell me to do. And I said, nah, it'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I kind of want to go through the color palette I chose. One cool trick that Jaden gave me was to uh, get an index card and just draw out um, the colors that you want to do ahead of time so mm-hmm. you remember how you mix them. Um, so one thing I added to that was I had a stack of hard plastic magic sleeves. And so I would use that as my mixing um, like material, and then That's I smart. Could, and I could like literally slide it over the previous one and yeah. matched. Yep. Uh, so I thought I thought that was cool, and so I actually made cards. I sent I put the pictures up, 
Um, so the goal here was to have two uh, two different scheme, two different colors that kind of played together. So I've got one that's more purpley and one that's more like teal or green. Um, mm -hmm. And then one thing that we talked about for a long time was um, how to pick out leaders in a way that matches your color scheme, but also draws attention. And mm -hmm. so I picked a much, much warmer color um, for the for the leaders. So that's how you get that like green and magenta for the purple or the uh, green and orange. And so I think I, uh, I, I'm kind of worried about this one, actually. So if we could look at the picture. So I thought the nice layers are a really good example of how I picked how I differentiated the leaders. Um, and so you can see that. Um, the, so one thing that I did was I, I picked the more uh, naturally fire color to mm -hmm. be the flames, mm -hmm. uh, which unfortunately means that the gremlins swapped primary color uh, in the purple unit. Mm. So if you notice, um, the, the, the non-leader ones is that one guy in the back um, is kind of that like blue-purple, like mm -hmm. uh, indigo. Um, but the leader is the is green, which I thought would be fine because like you know it matches the color scheme and it's a more natural fire color. Uh, but the other unit, the gremlins are all green, so I keep getting them confused. I keep, like, one, no. Yeah, I keep like putting them in the wrong unit and going, wait, shit, no, purple. Uh, um, <laughs> right. So I I don't think I'm willing to go back and change that. Um, I I. I, I wish I don't know maybe that maybe I could have come up with a different warm color. Um, when it comes to models like that, honestly, one of the easiest things to do, at least for me, is I will change the metal that their weapons are. Because mm -hmm. um, typically, well, like always, leaders always get nicer equipment generally in a yeah. given army, so they may have more you know brass, gold, whatever fittings on their weapons, and. Because they generally didn't get into combat either. You always keep them back. You don't throw them on the front lines for the most part. So their weapon need not even necessarily be something made out of functional material. So if somebody had like a gold show weapon, mm -hmm. you know, you'd know that, who it was. And it still makes sense. But That'd be really cool if you did like tarnished weapons for mm -hmm. everybody the leader. That'd yep. be a really and subtle way to pull it out. They always get the shiny one. Yeah. yeah. That's what I do on my guys for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 ski in this army is just so non-standard that it's not an option. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm going back to full color after this, and it, I can use that. Yeah, yeah, the full color has got some definite benefits to it because, like, you have a lot more range to play with. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that I think you maybe could do, which would be super fast and easy, so the leader models, uh, you could color the horse mm -hmm. head. Because none of the models have colored in horse heads. Okay. And like make them just freaking vibrant something that goes with their unit. Well, especially since the, the war horse has like a ton of hair on it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's cool. That, that'd be easy to fix. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and maybe I could make it like the. Uh, yeah, in some, some form of purple. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I don't. So, uh, I'm thinking about how my colors, the four color schemes come together, the, the two styles and the, the two leader variants. And mm -hmm. looking at them side by side, I mean, I feel like the, they form a cohesive army really well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Do you, do you think that they co cohere with, within the unit well? 
Do you have a picture of just like the whole unit, or do you just have them separated yeah. like that? Uh, yeah, I I, I picked this one because I just have the one guy from the unit. So I got uh, all three examples. Oh, but, so the the Nayslayer leader is the guy, the the warhorse, the leader, and then a dude from the unit. Yeah, that's why they're yeah. There's two that are the same color scheme and one that's slightly different. Uh, I see. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it works fine. Okay. Um, like they all definitely are painted in the same style, which is one of the that's, most important things. Yeah, uh, that's what I was gonna say. Is they they do tie together purely from the style being the same. Okay. It's really noticeable when you have multiple styles in a single paint scheme. I actually have in my dev host list right now. My Death Wolves are all in that uh, same sketchy style like yours are. And then the rest of them are just normal painted. And it's super noticeable. Oh, so is my Crock-Pot. Um, to the point where I'm probably going to have to go back and redo those sketch style ones. Because more of my army, like probably 80% of my army is done in a normal yeah. You're not going to sketch the rest of your army. No, it would take a very long time. Also, I just got done with the Ravagers, and God, I'd never want to paint them ever again. <laughs> right? I, I don't think I'm ever picking up Circle ever again after this, just because I don't want to paint Ravagers again. Screw it's them. Not my favorite. <laughs> Man, no. I didn't have any trouble with them. I guess that was because... You know what? They're really... Uh, Ravagers are really easy to ink. That's true. If I went and <laughs> sketched everything... It would probably oh, no. not be as bad as I'm dreading, but mm. I just don't want to put the effort in. Less models to paint is more better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like, I, I remember I painted the first, like, half of my Grimkin in regular style the first time I painted Grimkin, and then I painted that sketch style Skin and Moans, and it was like, mm -hmm. whoa, when this thing's on the table, it's really obvious, which was fine in Grimkin, because they're Grimkin, right? right. They're supposed but, to be kind of eclectic. Yeah, but like other things, it was like this is not so what so I want. So I I don't think I have side by side of them. What does the sketch style make it look differently? Is it just like super brighter and highlighted and like um, actually it's more muted. Um, really? It is more muted. If you go to loswarmachine.com and you click on hobby time and you look at my Grimkin, Jaden's Grimkin, and you okay. scroll down to the skin and moan section and you can see the first two I painted regular, and then you see the third one is painted sketch style, and it's just like completely different it's almost like comic booky looking mm -hmm. yeah it looks kind of like a like an inked comic right or yeah, watercolors yeah. almost it's almost like if you watercolored a model yeah okay. so i was pretty happy with it but it, it definitely looks different on the table you could tell well, it's kind of I mean, like the difference because between... it's a different color yeah True. that too like this was the first time i'd ever sketch styled something without like a teacher around to show me yeah. exactly what to do and so i was like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to not do very much. And so I didn't glaze a whole lot. Like, oh, okay. I didn't change the colors a whole lot because I was like, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if I'm doing this correctly. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just going to like do the bare minimum that I can get to to make it look okay. And that's just going to be enough because I don't know what I'm doing and I'm scared. So one thing I noticed from the side by side is that it has a lot more lighting effect like mm -hmm. it's very clear where the light source is in your sketch style yeah yeah that was one of the things that uh matt de pietro who is the guy who's sort of pioneered sketch style and miniatures right. um i went and took a lesson from him and he was like so your painting is fine your contrast is really weak and i was like oh mm -hmm. okay all right i guess we'll work on contrast and he's like all right we're gonna work on sketch style for an hour and i was like cool <laughs> let's do that so in this context contrast means like um 
lighting and like lights to darks. Yeah, the harsh the harshness of like difference between the brightest color and the darkest color and how those are placed next to each other. Like if you have a super bright light on one end of a thing and a super dark dark on the other end, but there's a really fine gradient between those things and it's a pretty long one, it doesn't look that contrasty because it's just like look at this sort of gradually fading line, right? Yeah. But if there's contrast like contrast is the state of being strikingly different from something else in juxtaposition or close association next to each yeah. other. And there's okay. multiple kinds of contrast. There's contrast of value, which is the light and dark. There's mm-hmm. contrast of, of hue, which is like Water. if you put blue next to red. And there's mm-hmm. contrast in texture, which is the way that like, you know, you've textured the thing or the thing is sculpted. Um, and those are the three ways that like our eyes really tell stuff apart too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that so, actually that dovetails nicely into my next topic, okay. uh, which was focusing on faces. Um, and so I put a so one thing that we talked about a lot was how you should put most, a most of your effort and b all of your different colors uh, onto the point of interest of the model, um, mm-hmm. which for humanoids is the face and maybe the weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and so, so I picked the dreamer for this because um, I did you know normal color stuff on our, on most of our model, but I I did a really intense uh, OSL on half of her face. Um, and this is something that I, I learned and loved from my cage ragers, um, which are, I think, my favorite models that I painted from this, is that having, like, the OSL uh, coming together. Which like, is object, uh, object source lighting, for those that don't know. Yes. I'm going to use yep. that term a lot, because that's, like, the primary thing I want to do this army for. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. Um, and so, like, having those two lighting sources, like, clash and, like, kind of come together in a line, mm-hmm. like, draws a ton of attention. And I think... Mm-hmm. Is, is this dreamer actually a good example of this? Now that I'm looking at it, like, I feel like the moons are what you're drawn to. So, okay, hold on. I, I went look at the cage. So, what I think would have been, would have made this a lot better. So, you nailed the OSL. Like, if you just look at the moon and then you look at the stuff next to the moon, that's clearly OSL. The mm-hmm. thing that I think would have made this a lot more striking is if everything else was way the heck darker. Dark, yeah, okay. like way darker. Because if you think about it, that moon is giving off a blue light, right? Mm-hmm. That blue light is hitting other things, which makes them look bluish. And then what's giving off the light that's making the rest of her look pale? Right. Oh. So if that had all been like grayed down a whole bunch, that glow would pop a ton more. Like it right. doesn't look bad so, at all. It definitely so actually, like. So I actually went back and highlighted white too much. Yeah. Only on the if you're looking at her, the left side of the model. Yeah. Uh, the, the like, stuff that isn't OSL. Oh, okay. Oh, so I highlighted as if she was bathed in a continuous light all the way around. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Whereas that's exactly I, right. I want it to be like she's in the shadows. That's how you can see these little glowing things. Exactly. Yes. Because if she is bathed in continuous light, the light from your object is not going to show up. It'll be washed out in all of the other lights. So you wouldn't get OSL. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you're getting OSL, it's because she's in a dark area and they are one of the brightest sources of light okay and so i tried to imply that by doing black and white like your eye can't pick out the color but Mm -hmm. but your eye does pick out the difference between yeah it does pick out the difference between this is a light thing that's a dark thing okay right so So, like if you kept the shadows that dark and then made the bright spots significantly darker than that um it would have worked a lot better as a piece so like Uh, so like with this one in particular, so mm-hmm. the highlighting, you're saying that the highlighting I did would be perfect for anything that has a, the, the object source lighting. 
But if I go back yeah. and dark, darken everything else, like especially in that line around where the OSL stops, mm-hmm. it would it would make the contrast better. It would make it make more sense. It would draw attention. Yeah. And it, if you if you do it like the darkest shadow is on the opposite side of her from the the, the moon, mm-hmm. and the stuff that's closer to the OSL fades from blue light to grayish light to no light. Okay. So okay, so I do negative lighting. I do. Yeah, and and that's one of the really tricky things about OSL is that. You, if you, you get the OSL exactly right, it doesn't matter if the rest of the model... I mean, it, it, it's really cool. But then if you look at the rest of the model and you're like trying to show that this is like actually like a light source, you have mm-hmm. to think about the rest of the model as not having a light source. It's one of the Correct. most freaking irritating things about it, too. Because you're like, oh, I painted this really cool thing. This happened to me a few times painting judgment models recently. I was like, check out all this cool OSL I did. Jim? And he died. That <laughs> <laughs> was too cool. Okay, there we go. Oh, you're back. <laughs> we, we're, we're checking out all the cool hotel you're doing. What happened? <laughs> it uh, bothered him so much he had a stroke and just shut down. <laughs> no, I, I hit the cord on my new headset, and it's a <laughs> plug-in headset, okay. and it yeah. Anyway, um, so basically they were like. They're like, it looks really cool, but it doesn't look like he's actually casting light from anywhere. So you need to make everywhere that's not bright dark. And I was like, I spent so much time on this. And they're like, yeah, yeah but that's what you got to do, man. And it's like, and, yeah, one and thing the... you can do, Brett, when you're trying to figure out what all needs to be hit by your object source lighting and needs to be highlighted and what needs to essentially be like a gradient from black to your colors is you can get a small flashlight or even your cell phone and literally shine a light in the mm-hmm. direction of whatever your object is. That sh- Like, for example, you'd stick it right there beside the moon mm-hmm. and shine it the direction the moon is towards her. And literally, you can look at where the light hits, and that's where you need to paint. Everywhere else needs to pretty much be dark. You'll see where your shadows need to be, and then you can literally recreate them without your phone or whatever flashlight you're using being on there. That's yeah. a trick I use a lot when I'm trying to figure out what needs to be hit because it's 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 not that hard to guess where the light should be, but you will miss edges. You'll miss little bits of stuff that needs to be lit up. And it's, I have it's, a lot of trouble knowing when to stop. Yeah, yeah. and this will help you. And I really recommend the flashlight because if you, if you use the flashlight, you can take a picture of it with your phone like in exactly yep. what it looks like. Oh, and and then, just... yeah, and then just copy. Yeah. So what... What I think of when I look at your models is I think this is kind of like a wraith and it's just sort of casting light off from this one angle, but it doesn't look like necessarily that the thing itself is a solid object. That's does that make sense? It's more like it's an incorporeal thing that has a light thing that it's emanating from one part of it. Mm -hmm. So it still looks really cool, but I I guess that's not exactly what you were going for. Uh, Wait, no. So, so you're saying that it's, like the the light is the only thing that's real. Uh, yeah, or that more like okay. they're ghosties. So that's like I in my head I wrote like a ten page fanfic about how that was happening. I, <laughs> I don't know how I communicated <laughs> that in my art because uh, I've never said it out loud. But I'm really glad I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That that <laughs> that conveys really well. Like I can see that. 
in, in almost all of these, I'm just like, yeah, this looks like a thing that's not necessarily real, and there's a light thing on it that is that is more what it should be. Mm-hmm. Here, I'm actually going to send you a couple of pictures here, Brett, and you can take a look, or you can do what you will with them. Of I just uh, I've been getting ready to paint Call from Breeding Call. And I haven't done anything but prime him right now. But if I were to uh, want to do the object source lighting on, say, his axe, like if I wanted his axe to be glowing or whatnot, you can do there. You can shine a flashlight and you can see what parts of him are going to be hit. Like, for example, on uh, the picture I just sent... um, I sent it via Facebook Messenger, but uh, you can see his fist is even lit up on the opposite side of his body. That's not something I would have thought to light up oh. all the way on the other side of him. Just because but, there's a hole in his body, right? Right. Yep. There's a gap there, and the light from his axe would hit that. And that's not something I would have seen had I not done the flashlight trick. Yeah. Another and thing that I would really recommend awesome. is that you hold that flashlight there, and then you go around to the other side where the light's coming mm-hmm. from. And the other side where the light isn't, because there's going to be surprising little things there that are like, oh, I didn't realize that that would have a really dark line on it because of the way that the angle is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like how the dreamer, like I, I did some, like I try to do some of the like, like lighting on the opposite side where it's mm-hmm. kind of like getting in. Yeah, because mm-hmm. light is weird. Um, light, light is weird. It really is. <laughs> I don't need to get into the particle wave duality right now, but <laughs> or the god, there there's just some fucking weird quantum physics findings. Not, not some science. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, well, it's a, so one thing that made me think of is if you can pull up my Malady Men. Um, I have, yeah, you gotta go to the reference. Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. I found them. So I, one thing I forgot the first time was that. The, the torches on top um, would have a, a small circle of light all the way on the base. Like mm-hmm. I, only, I only did like like the hat or the, the top of the, the organ. And then I looked at it again, I'm like, why did it stop? <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, yeah, that'll save me a step. Is I'm trying to figure I... out which picture is it? Um, uh, the Malady Man. Yeah, uh, it's the first one I'm looking at. Oh, it's at. the top. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't think I really did a top down. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'll, I also, the first time through, I literally didn't see the fire. So, so I, was, <laughs> I was painting this model, and I go back, I'm like, what are those things? Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done that. <laughs> yep. That was fun. Um, okay, so that, that's the OSL section. Um, so I didn't, I didn't know how to take a picture of this, but one thing that we talked about for a long time is how to downplay the basing. Um mm-hmm. Um, I know that oh, that's actually example one that I forgot to do. Uh, Jaden told me to go back and uh, gray down the base um, because it was brightly lit as if in a photography studio um, for this model that's supposed to be in the shadows. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this conversation. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and and then also the arc marking I did in uh, a blue that's actually in between the green and the purple that I used, which I thought was clever. Um, I but like I'll- that also darkened down so that it's really subtle. Uh, unfortunately, it was too subtle compared to the black, so I had to go back and do that shadow gray uh, gotcha. line so that you can actually see where the front arc starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping that doesn't draw too much. 
I don't know. No. I mean, it's just, it's fine. And it's like, the thing about this is, is at a certain point you have to give a nod to playability, right? Right. You can't. Really did fade from that dark blue to black. (laughs) Like, I I couldn't pick it out in in my light box. (laughs) Well, and if you can't do that, then like in a (laughs) tournament hall where light is bad and yeah. So, yeah, I think that's probably the right call. Same. There's also a dark green uh, in some of the places um, for like vines or something. And so that was trying to be subtle again. Mm. Okay. Um, next thing, this is, we were, we were joking about this earlier, how I didn't like doing this, but I think it's one of the most important things is so we we're talking about uh, black lining and edge highlighting. And I think the back mm-hmm. of this cage is by far the best example because uh, of all the muscles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is, so after doing the Zenithal priming, you, I went back and I gave, I just, I gave everything a super intense dark whenever it was even slightly textured, like the cloak, like in between the um, like metal pieces on his feet, um, the toes and stuff. And then I dry brushed white uh, back on top. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I suppose, I don't know with, with this model, the dry brushing really worked. Um, sometimes it didn't. Sometimes it um, just went to gray. Um, dry brushing but- is one of those things where if you do not have uh, a very textured model, all it does is end up smearing around paint and you make like a sort of gradient. It really requires texture to get a good dry brush effect. So that's why it worked better for some models than others. Yep. Mm-hmm. You need texture on the model. It does not work on smooth surfaces hardly at all because yeah. you'll lay down paint. And then if you go even just a little bit too far, you'll start pulling it back up because there's no edges to grab it and hang on to it. Yeah. So, yeah. Like I was having- that's that's why the dreamer is not nearly as like comic booky as this. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. the, dry, the dry brush just erased all her texture, which yep. is weird. It has a ton of texture. Like yeah, it was... it's funny how it does it. It's it's a really strange little process sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to OSL briefly, the fourth sure. cage rager picture, the one that from the yellow side with the dude in the the um, the cage. Um, I think that if you look at the guy in the cage and then you look at the underside of the arm and then like the lower part of this body that really looks more like actual like proper osl to me because there's that light source and then there's the dark um like the dark around the light source yeah so like if you look at the yellow and then look right underneath like his elbow see how there's like a big dark shadow underneath his arm where the light would have been blocked um give me one second Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the fourth cage rager picture in cell number six F. Oh, on that side. Okay, okay, okay. No. You have to mouse over it and then click on the link because she- sheets is weird. Oh, thank God. I was really worried that it was because the light box, uh, like that was literally a shadow. Oh, Lordy. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so I went and pulled out the real model. Uh, it turns out it's actually a, a uh, handy byproduct of the Zenithal uh, priming. Um, yep. Because there's so much blocked area right there, um, it didn't get any of the white. There you go. And so I actually, I had to go back, like any of the white you see under his arm there was actually mm-hmm. highlighted back in. Yeah, so I probably would have just left it black, to be honest. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's it's tricky because like it takes a lot of practice to get this look right because it's so hard to like like we said light is super weird yeah right but like to me that one and especially like if you look at 
him, and then if you sort of imagine that the dark bars on the far side of the cage would be the outside of the cage, mm-hmm. that to me looks right as well. Okay, because yeah. it's definitely white. <laughs> yeah. Like well, that's true, because on the outside of the cage, that part of the cage is not getting hit by much light. The inside yeah. of the cage will be, but yeah. it's on the opposite side of the light source. Yeah, yeah, I did some yellow glow inside the cage. Uh, yeah, I can see some of it. Yeah. It looks uh, really good. No, the the cage rangers are some of my favorite models uh, of this army that I painted, because I, mm-hmm. I, I did the like opposing OSLs. Uh, yeah. Which I thought turned out really, really well. Um, also, apparently, because they have very nice shadows, which I did not know was important. <laughs> yes. Yep. Shadows are real important for OSL. They help sell the whole effect. Okay. Yeah, they really do. Otherwise, it just looks like you hit the opposite side of the model on accident when you were painting something. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, I've been noticing that with uh, when you when you yeah when you're doing it over another color, especially. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, what did I distract us from? Because we were on something else. Uh, already. And He's I, talking I about basing. Oh, yes. Okay, basing. No, 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 we, we're, we're done with basing. Black mining. Black mining. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Um, All right. So <laughs> I think that, that picture you were just talking about at the back of that cage ranger is a really funny example of uh, some great uh, highlighting in black mining, and then the cage has none at all. And I don't know Correct. what happened. <laughs> uh, probably what happened is he looked at it and went nope <laughs> <laughs> well see that would be perfect for dry brushing right you just you paint it base, basically black and then dry brush the rivets white again totes could yeah <laughs> or you could run like the edge of the paintbrush along the edges of the the bars themselves yeah that that's give... probably the easiest thing all right like like the inside edges or the rivet edges? No, like the outside edges. Like the line of the bar. So like metal is weird. I've been doing a lot of um, non-metallic metals lately. Mm-hmm. The edges of metal tend to reflect light really well. Because what happens is... Uh, I'm about to do math. All Woo! right. When light hits a metallic surface, okay. Okay, the, the light source itself reflection does not spread in the X direction very much. So you get sort of like a mirror Wait, effect like, where it's okay. So so, so say if, if you have a horizontal line, it won't okay. go horizontally. It won't spread across. Well, no, it won't go forward and back. <laughs> now you're confusing me. Okay. All right. So okay. No, 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 no. All right. <laughs> I, I've got this. I'm looking at my wedding ring because this is a good example. I have a horizontal <laughs> line here. Okay, and, and I'm looking at like the fl- the flat side of it, so it is horizontal line. When the light source hits it, mm-hmm. the light source directionally will always choose uh, a path along the metal that mm-hmm. is true to the actual width of the light source. Okay, so like, say you've got a ball of light like a couple feet over something. When it hits the metal, the ball of light is not going to split infinitely wide and infinitely long it's just going to choose one direction and it's going to go that way it's not going to go both because otherwise the whole surface of the thing would be completely lit up does that make right. sense okay like, and so because of like spreading from like well what it, it's so it has ah, there's a specific word for the kind of reflection like really well brushed fur does this um metal things do this and basically what happens is it hits the surface and then it travels down the surface but it doesn't travel side to side on the surface okay i know what you're talking about but i don't know the name of it yeah it, it's got so, a specific so it name. kind of distorts the lighting it yeah so it takes uh, it's really hard to do this without pictures well, so yeah of course um, okay so i got it okay 
imagine the ocean and there's a sunset. Yeah. I was about to ask that. Is it kind of okay. like the yeah? So water? yeah. So the sun is hitting the sunlight is hitting the water, but it comes at you like a pathway. It doesn't cover the whole mm-hmm. ocean, right? So is it kind of like there's a cone coming out from it, and it's on that cone? No, because it has to do with the surface itself. It hits the surface, and then it right. comes at you. Oh, 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 because oh, because you only see the light that bounces in a specific way off the surface. Correct. Right, and, and it, only and it comes directly at you. Wide, it comes at you. Yeah, right. because otherwise, that, that's why the sky is blue, right? Because it's bouncing away from you. You only see the blue stuff. Um, okay. Pretty much. So um, that happens on metallic surfaces as well. And so it hits, and then it comes at you in a specific direction. But one of the weird things about metal is because when there's an edge, that distortion coming at you goes along the edge of the metal. So edges of metal tend to have highlights on them when the rest of the metal wouldn't. Yeah, because I I think it's because when it's a flat metal, it will bounce in a very regular way. But when it's a when it's a corner, it'll bounce in every direction. So you'll see it no matter where you're looking from. Pretty much, yeah. So that, that when okay. we were talking about highlighting the edges of the cage, going back to the original topic, in case anybody oh. else forgot, <laughs> 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 physics distraction. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the stuff I find cool. So I'm not I'm not upset. Mm-hmm. No, um, not at all. But... So if I so if I decide to make these metallics, then I would highlight just the very just the very like edge of the line. Yeah, and like you'd also maybe like so it'd be all black. You'd highlight the edge of the lines with like pure white, and you'd choose like a surface if there's a moon to like dry brush gray a little bit so that it looks like it's reflecting something from that direction. But the strong highlight would go down the edge. Do you okay. have an image? Uh available Jaden, that you can send him of one of your non-metallic metals well so for reference not, not, not metallic metals always do that right where they have that like extreme line at the edge and then some other random. yeah it's yeah. almost so, always the corners have almost white on yeah. them it's either yeah. a very very light gray or a white and it's almost always one of the raised corners that you could like if you brush your finger over it, you'll feel that corner it's which this the highlights composed of hmm the cage in question is like entirely composed of yeah yeah so actually a really good way to think about it is if you have a model that is already painted and you put it in foam frequently the areas of the model that lose paint first are where your metals are going to be highlighted (laughs) oh yeah because they're the edges that are brushing anything yeah and i and i did just send a a, well i'm about to send i am in the process of sending a picture (laughs) of something random that i painted recently that's got non-metallics on it um and so like in in the this picture i'm picturing like a cloudy uh cloudy uh, sky with the sun metal, coming through uh like the center oh they're like all the edges of the gauntlet yeah well actually the entire thing is non-metallic what even the blue stuff well the blue stuff is just not a is not a metal it's like Okay. did something else but like all of the gray areas yeah so there's you see there's... no pig iron on this model <laughs> yeah there's no, there's no mica or quartz uh flex anywhere on this piece <laughs> these are but, all matte paints yes but like you see how the light is hitting from a, a source and it spreads widthwise. like if you look at the 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 oval and then the little lip over that oval at the top there, there's almost pure white there, and it, it's spreading down the center of the gauntlet, 
but it's not going all the way to the edges. There's like a shadow area next yeah. to it because the light wouldn't have been spreading in that direction all the way. And then when it hits the like pointy bit, uh, it splits because there's two different things and they're reflecting it from different angles. But <laughs> I guess I have to include this image in the show notes now so people yeah, can see you, what you I'm talking to, about. Yeah, we should include all these images. Um, <laughs> so I like that what we're doing here is uh, manually recreating a ray tracing uh, program. <laughs> <laughs> I just like Great. to point out that I think my done. favorite is we're sitting here talking about non-metallics, quartz flex, zenithal, <laughs> and the pointy bits. <laughs> Look, we get less technical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the pointy bit there. <laughs> Look, we we all have certain areas of specialty. Okay. <laughs> Our expertise is showing, gentlemen. We need to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. <laughs> so what was next, next? What was next on the list? So the next thing is um, just glazing in general. I'm not convinced that I grasp this concept. Um, I'm not okay. convinced it's necessary. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I actually I linked a model that um, I did a solid color on. So this isn't the the Grimkin scheme, but it is the same colors. Um, and so I picked this one because I felt like I tried to do some of the like colors, like uh, which more... one is it? Uh, it's it's the one next to the one that says glazing on the outline. Oh, okay, it's on the outline part. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay. So I picked this one because I felt like I did a really good job of the black lining on the fabric, and then trying to make it um, like turquoise or whatever on top of it. Um, and so I thought the concept of glazing was that you try and like make it like more glazed, like more layers on the brighter areas to try and make them like more of that color. But I don't know. I, I also so, don't. I don't know if it's truly a glaze. I don't like I said. I don't think I grasped the concept at all. So glazing is used for a lot of things. That's that's number one. Uh, it can be used to smooth transitions and blends because you go over the harsh join line with a muted like a color that then slowly covers that up with a smooth stroke it can be used to shade because the edges of where a, a proper glaze are don't show up very well um, because it's very very thin so over time you can sort of waver that around and it makes a smooth transition um, you can also use glazes of inks to make um, super intense pigment concentrations on points which is i think what you were trying to do here we're you using paint or we're using ink we're using paint okay so at a certain point paint um can't help but become more of exactly what the color itself is like it doesn't become any more that color whereas mm -hmm. inks have like because they are completely translucent they take the color that's underneath them and then they say we're going to be more that because we're adding we're, we're not adding anything specifically we're not covering any of it. We're just tinting it. And that can get more and more intense until at a certain point. Eventually it can't. But Tinting it is adding white, Jaden. I'm really what tired. That term means. Yes, you're right. It's, it's just slowly changing the color by <laughs> putting translucent layers of other color over it. There you go. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's what I thought the purpose of glazing was. Where you, you do this highlighting and then you put the glaze over it. 
in order to retain all that highlighting, but then make it that color. It's like a merger. Like I don't Photoshop. like it it's much. A, it's a Photoshop merge tool. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's it's Photoshop's blender. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what to take away from this conversation. Help. It's... <laughs> um... <laughs> It's a tool that does a lot of things, and unless you have a specific reason to be doing it, like you know that it does a certain thing very well, and you want that effect, don't worry about it. Unless okay, well, that's that's how I accomplished the OSL. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, if I was going to critique your OSL, like the color choices in the OSL, I think what happened is you basically went in with two colors most of the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I would... Eh, I gotta look at the picture now. Gosh dang it. <laughs> Looking at Making him do again. work, Brad. Uh, do, yeah. do the death knell. Oh, that one's fun. Is this the one that we had the conversation about the... The base? Yes, it is. Um, okay. So... Alright. So here, here's what I would say about the use of glazes in this circumstance. When you're glazing for OSL over a surface, the surface itself has to know what color it already is. Does that make sense? Nope. Uh, well, I mean, that's like why, like, on the body of the gremlin, it's really green, but it also has some orange on it. Yes, that, that's right. So in order to get that effect on everything else, you would have had to paint those parts like the color that they were already going to be. So the wood would have been brown. The Oh, but no, but they're all supposed to be white. <laughs> okay, so they're all supposed to be all right. Then never mind. This is this is me. <laughs> Look at that. I I picked a scheme that got around that. So all right, there you go. If I if I was doing a, a more standard scheme, please continue your point. <laughs> okay, so when I do OSL, and I'm almost hundred percent certain this is wrong. What I, <laughs> I mean, it it's subjective. How how people do things is is different. What I do is all I take art can be wrong. Yeah, all art can be wrong. Is I take what I'm going to do <laughs> and I go up to all the way to a white highlight. And then I take the OS, but the thing is, I've got my original base color, and then I've got like highlights that go up in the in, in the color that it would be normally, all the way to white. And then I take my OSL color, which I typically try to use basically reds, oranges, yellows, and greens because trying to do anything with blue is a nightmare. Um, and I glaze very thin layers over that, and because I already had the color that's there, like the thing is that color established as i go over that white it's like all right there's the brightest lights light light on the thing and then i go over it again some more and it's like all right and now it's seeing what that does is it diffuses over the color that was actually there mm -hmm. see this is really interesting because when i do osl i do a dry brush of white and then i will dry brush whatever color i want the osl and then i'll go back and do spot highlights with more white Interesting. Yeah, everybody does it different is, is basically what that boils down to. Um, I'm sure that there's a more correct way to do it. I have no idea what that way is. This is the problem with being a mostly self-taught painter is that you're self-taught. Honestly, um, there isn't a correct way to do art. You're trying to get an effect and there's multiple ways to get it. Yeah, basically. So, honestly, I find glazing to be a mistake correction if you're glazing it's typically because you're trying to blend two colors you didn't blend together well enough or you're trying to put a highlight in that you didn't manage to get when you were doing your painting 
or you forgot to add in or didn't add in well enough when you were doing your uh, priming kind of I'd stuff. Al- I'd also like to point out that it's also effective if you have no idea how to blend colors. It's a great, Touché. It's a great intro, intro to blending. <laughs> uh, and, and on the flip side of that, I use glazing like a stupid amount. And I use it to make shadows. I use it to... Um... I'd like to point out that glazing is the only... Like, I, I only did glazing for every every color on the on these models. The only time I used yeah. standard paint was for the highlights and the shades. See, I almost always do inking for that. Well, so... <laughs> this goes contrary to my previous point, but I was like, I'm not going to do any inks on these models. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, I think I got infected by Jaden. <laughs> I Which mean, I guess what happens when you ask for advice for some from someone, you're gonna end up in their style. Honestly, yeah, yeah, a little bit. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You should like. I after I took a lesson with Matt DiPietro, I painted like him for six months. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, it's just kind of a hazard of. If well, you... I think it's also so. Uh, this is another part truism: is uh, restrictions breed creativity. So by taking away the tool that I was most that I most commonly used in painting, it forced me to learn other things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, some of my favorite things I've ever painted have been like, well, I have an example. I painted a Nemo bus during one of the podcasts, and I was like, all right, I have a crappy brush. I'm not allowed to blend. I have the time that this podcast takes. Go. Mm-hmm. Nice. And and I really really liked that the way that turned out. So, yeah, do fun things like that sometimes. It's you'll you'll be surprised. Like I have an hour. And I can't use this tool. Go. Mm-hmm. And and this this is actually a really great. So in any creative endeavor, this totally works. Um, like try try and play a war machine game where you don't use your favorite model. Um, yep. Try and build a list around you know some some weird idea that you had. Um, I just pulled Lord war of the Beast out of my grail list. What? I did. <laughs> wow. Uh, try and play a game of war machine with no pre measuring. Oh God! No, not again! <laughs> <laughs> Got the reaction, guys. Yes. <laughs> uh, sorry, but that does remind me of my favorite War Machine story of all time. Uh, all right. Back back in Mark II, before there was pre-measuring, um, it was a Haley Two versus Lilith Two game. Uh, the Haley Two player charged with his caster, and the Lilith Two player said, "Wait, you charged?" And he's like, and Halo Two player is like, yeah, I charged. And Little Two player is like, all right, I'm on. So Little Two feats. He's like, he's done the math in his head a hundred times. Like, if if Haley goes first and charges, he's within threat range of every single Ravagor in my army. And so, so Little feats uh, <laughs> measures the range of her shot, and it's like an inch short. And she's, and he's like, what? He's like, you charged, right? He's like, yeah, I charged. I moved the full nine inches. I have to. And so he kept doing that. The Ravagers kept being out of range. <laughs> and after the little player's turn was done, the Haley player's like, yeah, I only deployed the six-inch line. <laughs> oh. He deployed his whole army an inch back just to fuck wow. with the math. Oh. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. <laughs> there, there's next leveling, and then there's deploying your whole That's army right. on a different line, so your opponent makes an assumption about the math. That's amazing. That's I probably my favorite it. War Machine story now. Thank you. <laughs> it's great. I heard yeah, it no, That's real good. <laughs> yeah, and it, it can't happen now. It's the sad part. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on who you ask if that's sad or not. You're- it can't happen now, so we don't get that cool story. But everything else about the game is better. Yeah, there you go. 
Agreed. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's the next painting topic? Um. So the very last thing is Lightbox. Uh, Jaden yelled at me for taking pictures. Oh yeah. Lightbox. So I included a picture of my Lightbox. Um, mm, which nice. Is, <laughs> which you can see is just an Amazon box uh, with some white towels and a bunch of lights on it. Uh, they said not to put lamps directly touching, and so I put both my lamps touching, and I hope it's a fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> it is a fire hazard. <laughs> um, I can't glaze, burn it down! <laughs> that complex, because I'm using compact fluorescence and LEDs, it's not as much. Uh, yeah, probably um, not. Um, I'm also only doing it for very short bursts. Um, oh, yeah, one... that's, that's fine. Uh, one thing I definitely noticed in light boxes is uh, do not cut out all eight sides of the cube. No kidding. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, really wobbly at that point. Well, so that's not the problem I had. Uh, the structural integrity is fine. The problem I have is like, wait, no, I need something for the light to bounce off of <laughs> instead yeah. of uh, yeah. transparent owl. So I had Another to, thing that you can do is uh, if you do a quick Google search for like um, miniature photography backgrounds, there's, I can't remember what the site is called, but it, there's a whole bunch of them for free. If you've ever seen me post anything that I've like actually finished on the Facebook page, I've got this like brownish, cloudy looking background. It's a piece of printer paper with that printed on it at Office Depot for twenty cents. Nice. It's it's great. What's the benefit of that over just a plain white background? Uh, it gives you a neutral color to uh mess like to actually like compare colors on the model to it's also got a, a good variety of tones from bright bright white to very dark brown so the camera reads the white and the other colors more accurately That's if it's what got if say. it's got something to compare to is okay. if you have a white background your camera will automatically like if you look at the uh, glazing picture you have there the white background has set your camera to darken everything in the image so yeah. that it's not being overwhelmed with white it's it's an automatic thing that cameras do yeah. um you can sometimes set them that so that you can it, manually that's adjust it, that that's why it looks like everything's in shadow even though it's literally surrounded by multiple light sources yes that's yeah. your camera compensating for the white background if you have a darker background especially one that has texture or or uh variations like Jaden's does your camera will far less often readjust your light levels. It will another take thing, what it sees. Another thing that you can do is you can um, photograph from a ways back from your light box so that mm -hmm. your camera can see all of the things and go, oh yeah, that's really bright. And, oh. and it will just take it and, and like adjust properly. And then you can crop it later. Yep. Okay. Oh, but okay. you need a high quality camera to do that. Yeah, I got, I have a camera. <laughs> so that's, that's well, definitely... Even, even a lot of like phone cameras now, if you like actually look up how to use the manual settings, can do a lot of that. That's true. So one thing I noticed about the phone camera, I don't know, maybe my camera's bad, but it was having a lot of trouble focusing. I, I think it's because the lens is so small. Um, it, like it yeah. couldn't focus on multiple parts of the model, so I'd get like one clear part and the rest blurry if I was lucky. So that's an um, that's an aperture setting, I believe. Yes. Oh, and that's setting. I thought it was. I thought it was a physical limitation. Uh, it might be both. It depends right. on your camera. Um, but a lot of times, if you go into the manual settings, you can change that. Uh, you'll just have to mess with it. There's. We could do an entire episode on photography. <laughs> oh yeah. So follow up episode. <laughs> Especially since <laughs> Next I have to. Time. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna retake pictures of my whole army. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, so, so I'm going to go back and do the OSL. I think that's the only thing. So th that's my last topic. Is, is there anything else that you guys uh, would say I should go back and do? 
like if if I had infinite time and willpower, what would you correct? Uh, I would uh, I would do the shadows around the OSL. I think that would yeah. make a bigger difference. Okay. And yeah, that's consistent that... darklining. If you're going to darkline part of the model, darkline the rest of the model too. Oh, I missed a cage. Damn. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I did everything else. Um, yeah. So hopefully that. Hopefully but, but in general, just like be proud. You did an entire army in a unique style, and it's it's really cool. And I'm mm-hmm. sure it looks great on the table. And it only um, took a couple or two. Yeah, I mean that's not bad at all. It's also the first time that I've gotten any joy out of painting, which is new. Um, hey, glad <laughs> nice. to hear that. Yeah, well, I I find the OSL really fun. Um, it's so cool looking when you get it done too. I yeah. love it. Yep. Um. And so, so I'm going to post all these pictures up. Um, I'm also going to do an entire article kind of putting my thoughts and what I was trying to do, what my history with all this stuff is, and what, I was, um, what my goals with the Grimkin were. Um, and so um, please, please, please give me feedback on, like, uh, so the great part about having lots of people look at something is that, you know, one person will notice a tiny mistake and point it out to you. Um, and so I'm looking, for, I'm looking for that feedback, and I'm going to try and make sure my ego can stand it. Um, we'll that means see. Tomaz, come look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I sh- God, I love it. Have you seen his uh, negative image Storm Raptor? Yeah. No. So, so he, did, he did a Storm Raptor in classic bright colors, and then yeah. he took a picture of it with his camera and inverted the colors and then painted it th- those colors. So it's like black yep. and blue yep. and stuff, uh, yellow That's and white. Awesome. <laughs> it's really yep. cool. <laughs> I saw the, the test image, and then he posted the real model. I'm like, hey, you just posted the test image again. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> That's incredible. Not yeah. for real. Dude, his hermit. <sighs> so good. <laughs> so good. And now it's like, that's what everybody's doing. They're looking for Ionis from... What is it, Malifo? Is it Malifo? Yeah, it's Malifo. I've been seeing a bunch of... What to buy Ionis specifically. Like... Right? <laughs> it's just, you I think don't play Malifo? <laughs> yeah. The deck building game. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, so and, so I was also going to talk about like where I'm going in painting in the future. Um, not super sure. So I've been, like I said, I've been using that the color palette um, and some of the mm-hmm. techniques, um, especially the glazing, a lot. And um, what I've been doing next. Well, so first off, you'll notice that I'm doing something next. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is new. Yeah, um, it is that's new. pretty sweet. <laughs> um. I'm telling myself it's for an Adepticon tournament next year. That's that's what it's for. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, now you said it on the internet, and it, it must be so. It's okay. It's only like I think I counted. It's like 23 models, so that's easy. Nice. <laughs> um, and so I I'm I'm trying to think about how to adapt that like palette and stuff, and how to do solid colors. So it's like I I like all of the like super weird comic booky black and white, and then bright colors. I'm not super sure how to turn that back into a normal scheme. Yes, Dark Souls. Um, You're doing Dark Souls, and it's awesome. Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought my original thought was Sin City because I guess. So, yeah, so exactly. Brett, I, I have a challenge for you. Okay. All right. You're not doing anything on Friday at Warfare Weekend, right? On um, Friday at Warfare Weekend? Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. So instead of doing Monpoc, you should sign up for two painting classes. Uh, can I do it instead of Hardcore? <laughs> Sure, fine. Instead of hardcore, you should sign up Come for the eyes with me. Too. I'm doing the eyes class with Laura. Oh, awesome. And um, you could get a judgment model out of it. You do. You do, in fact, uh, get a judgment model. I will look into that because 
the the by far the biggest barrier to entry in judgment is that I do not I like I can't like I understand the models are beautiful. I understand they're huge. I like the sticker shock is too much for me. Yeah, I get it. I do. <laughs> and, <there's, laughs> and I also love that there's like like nobody sell like nobody reselling them because <laughs> you well, you buy the I, four models you want and you're done. I mean, I just yeah, I've got all of them and I'm just like I don't think I'm ever selling these ever like ever 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 like there's no point like. Right. I just want to play with all of them, so yeah. It's not like War Machine where it's like, here's a faction. I can get rid of it because I want this other faction. It's like, no, I have all the models. I just want all of them. Right. That's my thing is that I've not seen the game is so well balanced that I've not seen anybody purchase them and then regret it. I'd like to throw out that Monpok is pretty similar to that. There's like one bad monster. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) I'm really enjoying Monpok. It's good. Is that what you're painting for Adepticon? No, I'm working on a Malfa army. Because they brought, like, someone's like, you know what I love? I love Ascension. I want to bring that into a tabletop war game. I'm like, I never knew I wanted this before. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why did you pick my favorite board game and add it to my favorite style of game? (laughs) It's reasonable. Um, And it's also convenient because that army is also led by a model named the Dreamer, so I can just use the same color scheme. (laughs) <laughs> Boom. There you go. <laughs> um but I also am enjoying Monpok and I've been trying to do some more painting stuff. I don't did I show you my Krakenoctus? No. No. I, I was inspired by your uh Australian blue. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You saw me the work in progress <laughs> shot of that. Yeah. Oh, it, oh I didn't show you the finished one? I'll, I guess we'll post uh, maybe we'll post one for the uh because now that I have a light box. We'll post one for the article. Interesting. Sure. I wanna see. I'm doing my Defender X in cartoon like comic style, like actual comic style where it's all the like ridiculous hard lines and cell shaded looking stuff. It's actually really, really fun. I wonder if I was going to play Monpok, I would literally just play dinosaurs. Uh yeah. I that's, believe it. That's valid. Um my friend did so he did his Defender X and he he spray painted it metallics and then did contrast red over it. And it is it is the easiest and most beautiful color scheme I've ever seen in my life. I believe hmm. it. It's cool. Let me see if I can find a picture of it. This is some great podcast material. <laughs> while, while Brett looks up, we just like share of, these images between ourselves on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, what's happening right now? <laughs> is, that, is that what happens in every painting episode? I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, what we first, really so should sure. be doing on these painting episodes, and if we do them in the future, we're, I'm going to push for this: is we should be doing them. With video calls, and I should have a screen share up. Oh, nice. yeah, that's kind of what I imitated by, like, you should click on this picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. Whatever. My video is going to be, like, straight going to my paint table, though. Here it is. Sending you a picture. Ooh, I dig it. I dig it. It's like this freaking Man of Wars, man. There you go. Nice. I'm still just seeing an octopus. <laughs> the octopus is cool. Don't complain about the octopus. Ah, it is cool. Um, what are the cool models? Um, I guess just going through my models. Um, I really, I really like how the Heretic and Dreamer both came out. Um. Yeah, I, I actually quite like the heretic. I think he's probably my favorite one. Yeah. 
I don't know. I like that cage rager a lot. I, yeah, I, I like the characters. And actually, I didn't take a like head-on picture of the cage ragers, which is my favorite view of them. Mm. Uh, Should do that. Uh, which I now see. Um, <laughs> now that I've said that out loud. Um, that was cool. I don't. I don't know. I didn't. I had no idea what to do with the Kravitz. They have like almost no color. My husband's are bubblegum <laughs> pink. <laughs> <laughs> well, like they're like the only model of the line that has no light sources and no points of interest. Oh, that's true. I did their claws. The claws could put something on the base, like a little lantern or something. Oh no! Mushrooms. You put little mushrooms on their bases. <laughs> and then they glow. Yeah. Yeah. Glow mushrooms. Yeah, that. So. So you can see I have a column that says if there's OSL on the model. So what you're saying is that every model that doesn't currently have that, I should put a lantern on the base. <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> Make it so. I, you'll notice there's not that many in yeah. the, uh, the Grimkin line. <laughs> That's see? Easy. Like. Just do it. It's just oh. less work. Last, actually, last question I want to ask. Um, pull up my hermit. Is... So I tried to make him look different because he's obviously a minion. Um, does he still fit in with the scheme of the army? Oh, yeah. Okay. One second, I'm painting clear. Yeah, he's, he's still that very, like, gray and white and then a very bright single thing. Although it's done in a very different way. Yeah, but it's it's still, like, sketchy and sort of edgy and noir. and. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's fine. Noir, that's a good word for that yeah Yeah. well yeah because they're all supposed to be like you know stepping out of the shadows in a rainy light or a rainy night and there's a single lamp lighting them yeah (laughs) it's very noir oh we didn't go for my gremlins form conversions they look great out of their painted (laughs) (laughs) brett Brett has great gremlins form conversions it's true so first one's ripping apart a bone jack yep second one nice is the second one okay? Second one's the best one. We're gonna come back to that one. The third <laughs> one is ripping apart one of my million world watchers that I just have sitting around, <laughs> which makes no sense. But okay, what are you talking about? They're constructs. I'm saying they should change the sabotage rule so it works on construct warbies. No, it's really bad. <laughs> that would be not my. Think favorite. about the massive amount of things that would change, Brett. Like the like the Grimkin mirror would be so fucked. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly you have to play Dark Menagerie because you got yeah. Or just like consider how dead you could kill like random dudes in convergence. Oh my gosh, I just looked at the second one. That is amazing. I, to Jaden, I did say construct war beast. Because <laughs> I'm not a crazy person. Oh, but yeah, okay. well, I, I didn't hear that part. This, the, you just shut your mind. He's like, I'm just shutting down. He said constructs. We're out. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the second one's my favorite. They're taking apart a juggernaut, and little baby juggernauts are coming out. And if you look, uh, is it a third image or is it the back image? Um, underneath the shell of the juggernaut, I actually put, yeah, there it is. The little rubber ducky shredder. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it so much. Does that bring you just like intense joy every time you play with it? intense joy because it's on the back of the model so only i get to see it it's uh it makes me so happy so actually that's an interesting point you want to know why all of the really cool freehand and things that i do is on the back of models because <laughs> then you get to see it yeah <laughs> i don't care if anybody else sees it while i'm playing and if they want to look at it afterwards they can pick it up 
I don't even think but, about that. That's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah, like the reason my hermit has a massive freaking banner on his cape is because I want to look at it. And then and like, that's why he's not holding a banner and there's a cool picture on the front. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's great. That was so much fun to do. Yeah, he's so Saber tiny did. though. That was really, really hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, but it's fun. Mine's the devourer worm though, because infinitely cooler than Infernals, just saying. Oh, we could have done the ley line uh, graphic design. Oh yeah, you could have. <laughs> I, I still can. I've got That's okay. true. Do it. Look at that big druid cape. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't. There's no symbols in Grimkin. You want to paint my cape? There's the Grimkin symbol. And it's just a skull. With a scythe. Uh, I do like scythes. The sickle. <laughs> That's true. <Gentlemen>. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and and you could tell I'm lying because most are hard to scythe and I hate him. Most has got a wussy looking scythe though, and that's pillars of paint. <laughs> Nailed it. There it is. All right, let's do the closing stuff and wrap this up so that we don't ramble for the rest of the evening. Um, we would like to thank everybody who supports us on Patreon, although I'm sure you're wondering why you do that after listening to this. Um, you make it possible for Chandler and I to make it to events, which is awesome. Um, and you support Ella, uh, War Machine University. So thank you so much. You can find that on patreon.com slash LOS War Machine. Thank you also to Broken Egg Games for your support. Wait, I'll you for a second. I actually went and used War Machine University, and holy shit, it's such a better resource than I'm used to. Yes, it just, it is. It just all the stats for Crawtooth and, like, links to all the rules explanations. Like, I'm not used to, like, I'm used to being abused by my wargaming resources. And it's like, please, can I have, like, I'm going to search for an hour. Just give me one piece of information I want. War Machine University is like, here it all is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out, shout out to Daniel for keeping that all up to date and yes. making it awesome. He's doing a wonderful job. So, yep. Seriously, you can Google whatever it is you're looking for and then LOS University and whatever you want comes right up. Yep. Solve all, the argu- solve all the arguments. Oh my gosh, I just had a stroke. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Back to the spiel. Sorry I interrupted you. All right. So thank you also to Broken Egg Games for your support. You can use the code LOS5CODE for a 5% off everything in their store. Also, the charity drive that we've done this month, which, by the way, has been a success. We've hit the uh, $850 goal, um, and I think we've gone over it by about $100 at this point. So we're going to have something to do for the next one already uh, to start, which is awesome. And they're going to give us a uh, retailer price and I think a slightly higher discount than that on all of the terrain and the zones and stuff so that we can uh, get them for cheaper for the uh, Cedar Rapids guys. So That's check awesome. them out, games.com. Also, they're putting out their Infernal tokens next week. So if you've been waiting, they're coming. And they uh, look so good. They do look so good. Um, thank you also to Tyson for supporting us. He's at figurepainters.com. He's done a lot of crazy bases, and he's making like a light kit to do the Infernal Gate. So like... That I might just get one for be, terrain. Do you honestly. think it's be as ubiquitous as the Rocketman trails? Because that would be oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should be. Okay. Uh, I, I'm thinking about getting one just to make it into terrain. Like it's that cool. It will, um, it'll, go, it'll go great with your Archon diorama. Yeah, if I ever get around to that. <laughs> uh, you can check that out. Oh man, that would be the center of it, wouldn't it? Yeah, mm. they'd all be yep. over it. Come on. Yep. 
<laughs> All right, check out his stuff at figurepainters.com. Also, you can find our website, which is loswarmachine.com. I have like eight battle reports to put up from AttackX as soon as I get done writing my thesis, which is soon. So, yeah. Um, you don't you need to sleep. Out... Ah, that is not true. Um, <laughs> you can find all of our articles, all of our... Um, podcasts and all of the Disciples of Agony, Storm Chamber, Field of Fire, Blight Makes Right, all of those stuff, all of those things are at LOSWarmachine.com. You can find us on Twitter at LOS underscore Chandler, at LOS underscore Jaden, at ChokeObsess underscore LL. Saber, do you have a Twitter? I do. Sassy Circle Mom. Oh, that's right. Okay. At Sassy Circle Mom. And you can email us at LOSWarmahords at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is Line of Sight, and you can message any of us on Facebook. Um, yeah, that's all we got. I think pretty much it. It's a little concerning to me how natural that feels to rattle all of that off very quickly at this point. Well, you do it 96 times. Yeah. It's, it's been a minute. Been a minute. You know, I think we're going to get that episode 100 us. just before Warfare Weekend, which is going to be fun. Ooh. We should... You know, everybody's going to explode and ask us if Pillars is back. I mean, uh, spoilers. This is. <laughs> well, so well the first spoiler is that uh jane's like we should do this episode again every month and call it pillars of pain um <laughs> i don't know how serious he's being um, moderately <laughs> honestly i'm down but we would need to figure out a different format that incorporates video somehow i think yes but i, I also love that it compl- so the the reason we put the pillars of salt podcast the way we did was uh, like we had a continuum of um, player skill and like you know what what we focused on differently in the game, um, mm-hmm. and in Pillars of Paint the continuum is completely reversed. Like each, <laughs> each person is on the opposite <laughs> side of it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so I, I, have I think a moniker a of skill in this <laughs> in this area. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to. I, I would like to explore it. I think that's a really fun idea, and it would be it would be a lot of fun to do. I, so uh, I've enjoyed these two painting episodes that we did. They've been very successful for me. Um, listeners, I think like them. Uh, let us know if that's not true. Um, I mean, been... <laughs> you have swaths of unfollows right after the first oh, one. I'm just the intern. I don't look at this shit. <laughs> I'm not like I'm asking for feedback that I have zero plans of reading. Send it to Jade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did take up until about three months ago for Brett to even have admin access to the LOS War Machine Facebook page. Well. So <laughs> they, gave, they gave me mod access to the Discord, and within like 30 minutes, I'm like, we should ban this person. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm basically what I'm saying is mod power is night or mod power corrupts, but absolute mod power, it's really nice. I highly recommend it. You should get it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening, and good night. Good night.